Welcome back to the All Walks of Art podcast. If this is your first time, my name is Michael Worth. I am here with my good friend, Paul Ramey. How are you doing, Paul? Oh, I'm excellent. What are we going to talk about today? After last, after episode 21, I should say, I just don't feel like I've got it in me anymore. That was like it. I'm still hungover. Know, Two weeks a, later. That was a hell of a time. <laughs> good good we stuff. We had some, had some good uh, back and forth going there with everybody. We did. And we learned a lot. That was... Uh, that yeah, was what was pretty cool. So. Yeah, that was that was cool. You know, I learned not to walk away <laughs> from the table and not tell anybody where I'm going because <laughs> I about oh, got yeah, left you, behind. <laughs> yeah, know? that was that was uh, a lot of fun there. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that was after it was over though. So yeah, disappeared on me. Yeah, and and I really editing that show was a lot of fun. I had to cut a lot of stuff out. I I really uh, I got loose really. Yes, it's easy for me to say anything, but today's show, I got to say this, today's show is the creative process in the arts. I don't want to talk about the creative process in terms of, you know, just creativity, you know, being at work and, you know, having a, a process of doing this, although this process does work for that too. I want to specifically nail this down to the arts in terms of if you're a painter, a musician, uh, a writer, stuff like that. So... Uh, it's it, it can be a difficult subject to talk about, so I hope we hope we pull this off. I uh, put a few things out on social media to see if I can get a feel from some people on all of that. But I want to start today's show with this stupid time change that we always have to follow. This is the good one, though. It is the good one. You can fall back an hour, but I still got, I got all up screwed super up. Super early, man. It was wild. Yeah, I did too. Not on purpose. Seven seven thirty rolled around. Let's just go back. Like Let's just go, go up a half hour and be done with it, and then just stay stay with that one. Let's just split the difference. We'll go up a half hour in the in the spring, and then just stay there forever. I don't want to go up. I want to stay where we're at right now. Yeah, but don't that screw it up in the summer? No, this seems more. This goes along with my biological clock much much better. But you're not the only person. In the I don't world. care about other people. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, then you need to live in a. And, uh, you know, money, what is it? The, you know, you need to have kings. You need to be the king. Oh, yeah. And yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. I should be king. I am the king here sometimes until the wife gets when home. When your wife lets you. Yeah. So I just, I, it, it, Saturday just blew me out of the water. You know, we're recording this for people listening. We record these on Sunday afternoons. Um, and I was all planning on getting, uh, some good booze for this show. It's our first November show. We've never had a November show ever. So this is the very first one. We're finally done with Halloween. Uh, Don't say it like that. Finally done. I love Halloween. I do too, but I'm just saying, you know, now I it's... I get to be very creative. Now, yeah, yeah. Now it's official that, you know, people can start thinking about the holidays that they overdo and, you know, <sighs> yeah. don't you love that? But I went out and I, I don't mow grass. I actually... This time of year, I, I I basically use the mower to blow all the leaves out of the yard, and I get real creative that way, trying to tie this in with the podcast. I know people listening right now are like, I don't want to hear about him mowing. He, dude mows all the time, and I do. And he's not even mowing. He's right. He's uh, mulching his, his leaves <laughs> right. with his lawnmower. I, I blow I, – I, I drive around the house uh, NASCAR style, you know. Um, <laughs> always turning left. Always turning left, left or, yeah. yeah. And because the – deck ejects from the right it actually blows the 
leaves out to the woods. I've got almost uh, two acres here that I I keep clean, and it helps. We got we're surrounded by nine thousand acres of trees, and had all kinds of plans yesterday. I figure what you know normally is about an hour and twenty minutes of work actually ended up being about three hours. Oh, yeah, I ran into a, a piece of wire. Uh, when they were doing construction here and stuff, the property owner said it was okay to just bury, you know, the concrete and the wires and all the stuff that, you know, that they had to jackhammer up and all that. But apparently one was sticking out of the dirt far enough for my mower to catch it. I don't know why it hasn't caught it until now, but maybe erosion. But uh, it wrapped around my my blade. and It's a very nice wire. I'm it, looking at it right it now. It is. It's, right. a, it's a pretty heavy gauge wire. It really... It made me think, crap, I just ruined my mower. So I had to drop the deck, and there was probably, I don't know, 20,000 clips that I had to pull off. I didn't realize there was That's a lot of clips. clips. It was a lot of clips, little little uh, hairpin-style clips to, to drop the deck. But we're probably boring our listeners. So, needless to say, the time change <laughs> was all given away for me. You know, it was like, oh, great. Now I just lost two hours instead of gaining an hour. So I did get to see it change 2 a.m. this morning. It was kind of neat watching my clock just, you know, here on the Mac. I mine, was, mine changed early, like real early, like 11 or something. It got me all confused. Did it? Yeah, I was confused all night. How'd that happen? I don't know. It did it on your phone that way? Yeah. My yeah. phone changed early. And then I went out oh, to the, yeah. and then when I got in the car, my car was still the old time. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah, that just, yeah. I saw where uh, Ryan posted. He was like his pop. He said something about. You know, I'm going to remind you what time it is. Every what it really is. You know what time it really is. (laughs) Speaking of Ryan, how'd your guys' show go? Oh man, it was which one? The uh, the one you were talking about on one of our podcasts, where you said you had to you're playing at a bar for Halloween. Yeah, we we did two Halloween shows last weekend. We did one Friday and one Saturday. Uh, the one Friday was our show, and uh, man, it it went really good. We're playing more like a, a restaurant bar type thing it's got very nice architecture be a good place to do a, a remote sometime i think oh, yeah. just as far as the the inside of the building's really great um we were just we were a little uh apprehensive is not the right word but we were um reserved very, no very aware that it was a little bit different crowd yeah. that was going to be there yeah. but a lot of our crowd came and uh we had a very good good band that um come and, and played uh, some cover tunes for an hour before us and uh it just it went great man we packed the place and had a great time the bar was really happy and you know made a little money yeah and uh that's always nice it is nice of course you know you figure in the the cost of doing business (laughs) and you know i'm 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 in a whole less and i'm you know at this point i'm just happy about it but but it was really good played really well and and it's funny because I, i was actually thinking about the podcast for about I'd say about six seconds while I was on stage that night because cool. I I hit the zone yeah. and and it was just I was just there. I mean, it, you know, there's a lot of levels of the zone, but this yeah. was the zone, and I hit it. And I thought, man, that's it. That's uh, I have achieved, you know, final form. Yeah, Here I yeah. am, and you know, I was just in there, man. I was just I was killing it, and I was in the groove, and it was just all coming together. Of course, I was dressed all. Had a bunch of makeup on and 
I seen that. And, I was, uh, you look creepy. Yeah, it was fun. It was nice. And so I always I get into that. Of course, you know, I've mentioned uh, you know, one of my bands that that plays uh sporadically, the Dan Haters. You know, it's got a whole theatrical kind of thing, but it's always no matter what kind of when I'm doing full face makeup, even if it's minimal, <coughs> there's a I don't know, there's a certain spirituality to it and you yeah, you become something else. It's just it's kind of weird. And I always, I've heard Gene Simmons talk about that. Yeah. He turns into a different person. There is something to that. And it just, it's kind of neat, but it was really good. The Saturday show was excellent too, as well. I ran into a plate glass window. That wasn't so much fun. Oh. It didn't break, but I mean, I walked right into it. Wow, I, thought, really? I thought the door was open. It turns out the door was not open. It didn't it, break. It was a window. No, but oh, I, that's good. I bounced off it. Like I went right into it. Oof. Like, yeah, I sprained my wrist right before I hit the stage and uh, hit my head on it pretty good. But uh, it's a good time. It's good wow, Halloween. Huh? I like Halloween shows. And yeah, yeah, it's fun. It was a Friday. I wish I could have been there. Yeah, the fr- the Friday show was great. The Saturday show was great. Um, you just had to throw that in there, didn't you? Saturday show. You could have been in that one. You could have been that one. Yeah, that's- <laughs> but I was out here mowing grass. Well, I thought you was, well, why you, you're mowing too much grass? I, d- I have to do it. I, only, I can't I do it during to. the week. Just let it go. I like to drink beer when I mow grass. Well, I, I can't do that before I go to work. Speaking of beer, we got some kind of orange We, we do. Here. I don't know what this is. The uh, the wife uh, was kind enough. Like I said, yesterday got ruined. That's where I was going with yes, with the, the long-ass story. Market Garden. It's called Market Garden Brewery, yes. I wonder if that's um, named after the, the famous uh, Market uh, Garden World War II. Operation Market Garden. Oh, I don't know. Cleveland based, which which is really kind of, it's brewed and canned. It says Cleveland. lime with tangerine. Sounds a little foo foo. It, it <laughs> well, the wife picked it up, so I Let's don't know. It. it looks cool. And uh, five and a half percent alcohol by volume. Um, the can's texture too, Phil. It, it I is. like that. I, yeah, I do too. It's got a nice feel. It's a, it's Let's a grip. It. It's like a grip. All right. Let's drink so. I still don't like beer, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. But yeah, you really didn't have a lot when you was up there. It's them shots, man. They kept yeah, bringing I did, shots. Well, out I was to a us. little that shot had me a little bit lit. It's very fuzzy. So, what color would you say that was? I uh, I would go yellow. I would actually say it's a yellow color, which is not particularly something I would go for. And it's it's got you can smell the tangerine. In, I pour more poured mine incorrectly. I have about an inch and a half of foam on the top. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Let me give our listeners a little bit of insight about that while you take a a hit of it there and see what you think. Um, You can find them online at marketgardenbrewery.com. The the beer we're having right now is called Frosty. Um, It's got tangerine in it. We mentioned that. Man. It's a... Kind of interesting. Huh. Have you, you tried? Have you tried it yet? No, I haven't. You like it? I like this. Let's see what it is. Well, I don't hate it very strongly. How's that sound? <laughs> if that was still super cold, I drink this whole can. Oh yeah, no. What it tastes like? Yeah, I, I don't know. Oh yeah, now don't get excited. Don't don't like blow this out of your nose when you're trying to drink. It's got a good mouth feel to it. That's that's you know if you're a beer snob like me you'll know what i mean there it's got a almost like a seltzer almost kind of a texture when you're you know are you getting that out of it 
I'm just getting that there's no, the aftertaste is uh, non-existent really. Yeah. At least so, for me, you know, for me, there's a tiny bit for you. I'd say there is none. That is, yeah, that's almost good. Hell yeah. Well, she did all right then. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. I like this better than Doom Pedal. Do your, we have Doom Pedal. There's some Doom Pedal in the fridge. The boy bought it. It's his. And he is old enough to drink, folks. Are you, are you proud? Yeah. That's, yeah aren't he, you proud he, that he got? Yeah, sort of. Uh, <laughs> but I, it makes me want to go back to his younger days when he'd steal mine and I wouldn't know about it until later. And he'd try to hide it from me that he stole it. I just want to go drink the whole damn. Yeah, why don't you do? You should. You know, I was going to say he got something that you like. You should. Yeah, I didn't drink it. Must must have been that ghost or something. You, you, <laughs> should, you should drink it by poking a hole in the bottom of it, draining it all out, just leaving the can. Oh, ain't that funny? <laughs> I'm such a terrible father. So uh, I like this. I'm going to take a picture of it. Yeah, it's so uh, it's from so I, I can remember it. I'll buy it. Again. I didn't know they were in Cleveland, but the wife. I got to tell this story because <clears throat> we're getting a late start on the recording. And uh, she stopped at Walmart because I was mowing grass so late last night. That's why I'm trying to get this out. Um, I just didn't want to go anywhere. I was filthy. I had been laying on the ground trying to get this fixed. And uh, we we had a late dinner. It was probably 830 at night by the time we, we got around to dinner. And this was yesterday's time, you know, before the time change. So... Um, I was like, well, I'll just, I'll hurry up and rush in the morning to go get something. And she had running that she wanted to do today. So I didn't have the car. Um, make a long story short, because I know nobody really wants to hear this. Probably. I don't know. Maybe you do, but she was in the parking lot at, uh, Walmart. I'm going to go ahead and mention Walmart. Cause I absolutely hate Walmart. Uh, I think it's, it's our Walmart in particular is just, <laughs> It's it's like a education in white trash. I mean, it really is. It's so bad. Um, she gets mad at me because she didn't think it's you know I should be that way. But as as proof be told, I'll put it that way. For example, <laughs> yeah, she uh, my wife walks with a cane. She's had a couple strokes, and uh, it's difficult for her to uh, move around and stuff. So I mean, when she goes out and does things, it's it's a pretty big deal. She just got her license back, as a matter of fact. She's uh, partially blind from one of the strokes. And, you know, she deserves a, a preferred parking pass, right? You know, a, a handicap sticker to be able to park. So she pulls in there. And, of course, you know, they. a lot of people think that too many people are getting those parking passes. And that may be true. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. That's not where I'm going with this. But... Apparently, a fight ensued over who was parking where and who got to use the little carts, the little motorized carts. Oh, it escalated that. Yeah, a little old man, barely walk. He got into one. He started riding the cart in. Another another man in a huge, huge Dodge pickup, dually, just massive, four-wheel drive, pulls up and starts yelling at everybody. He tells the guy to get off of the... Cart. This is my wife's telling me this story. He tells he tells the other guy to get off the cart. That's his cart, and it's actually one of Walmart's carts, right? So Lisa's parked in this parking space. She can't get out because dumbass in the big ass truck decides he wants to yell at everybody about the cart that he wants that he believes is his. So our beer is getting warm <laughs> because this guy's having a mental breakdown, 
And, she's got uh, one thing maybe they don't, a cane. Well, they all had canes, oh, apparently. Oh, cane and the, fight. The, the, yeah, the dude, the dude and, and she's a badass with a cane, trust me. Um, she can, you know, when she comes at me, it's like, <laughs> and then bam, oh, wow, you know. So, all right. Jesus. Everybody just clicked off. That dude's an asshole, you know. Anyway, it was better than her than her quad her uh, her walker. Her walker was like, I can't even do that one. That's you know, if they've just, just figured out it. you're an asshole just, now, just then they it. haven't. Been yeah, listening. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what happened, Mike? Uh, Lisa asked the guy to just go ahead and move on. He could have her parking place, and he started yelling at her. You know, and she said, "Well, I've got problems too." And he goes, "Yeah, you do. You got problems." I'm thinking, why does this stuff never happen when I'm around? Right. Because, you know, I mean, I I feel bad for the guy because, you know, clearly he, he needed a scooter because he had a scooter on the back of his truck that he didn't want to use, which I don't understand that. If you have your own scooter, wouldn't you want to? I use the, I don't know. Use the company scooter that way. Yeah. Yeah. Get didn't want to get out. Didn't want to burn his battery up, I guess. I don't know. But I would have hit the guy anyway. If he had been acting like that, I'd have been there. Yeah. I don't give you a car blanche to an asshole. I'd have been caught on video. I'd have been that guy on you know, 11 o'clock news, you know, perfectly healthy fat guy whoops the ass of somebody who can't even walk. So, which, you know, for all I know, he probably got out and walked just fine. He's just one of these people that have Could played be. the system. But, Could you know, be. it would upset me. My my cute little poor defenseless wife who can, like I said, beat the hell out of somebody with her cane was sitting there waiting for these these two guys to stop arguing and, and get out of her way so she can get home with our beer because I am out of alcohol Again, time change. Everything screws me up. I know I had an extra hour, but God. You're having some problems. <laughs> Main thing is this, our beer was getting cold. Yeah. I mean, getting hot. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I like it. I really do. Yeah, but this is good. She did a great job. She did good. I would buy that. Um, so what are we going to talk about today, Mike? <laughs> what we got going on? Well, here? the creative process. And all this kind of ties in. I, I promise it does. And I'm going to make it tie make in. Make it tie in. Because... You know, we struggle as artists. A lot of times we we go through uh, different stages of how we're going to come up with something. So, like, when you're writing a song, you've mentioned before in some of these these episodes that there, you know, you almost have to have a little bit of a struggle to make a good song. If that's – I'm trying to say this in a paraphrasing right, way. Right, yeah. Mentally or, or – or yeah. you know, some yeah. kind of emotional struggle, I, mean, we, I think, is a, it's a conduit. Yeah. To, yeah, Taylor Swift, she, you know, always writes about boyfriends and right. stuff, you know, and, and that's all right. You write about what people, you know about. People give her crap. and Pain. Yeah. Um, I think artists do the same. They have to have a little bit of a, like painters, I'm saying, uh, have to have a little bit of a inspiration of something. And it's, this kind of ties into the, the, the five stages. I Researching this particular episode – I found um, a creative coach, a creative expert, as they say. His name is James Taylor. Not Oh, he's awesome. Not the guitar player, singer, songwriter, James Taylor. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Oh. <laughs> That's a good song. <laughs> uh, anyway, a different guy. He's, this oh. guy's a British. An impersonator. Yeah, he's, yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you can find him at www jamestaylor.me so that's a that's a new one I've, I've I don't, never heard me before dot me 
Yeah, it seems familiar, but I don't know. Yeah. What is that? I don't know, but it's it's an extension he was, he's able Mid- to get, you know. Middle England? Middle Europe? Middle Earth? Oh, he's a hobbit. I don't know. Anyway. What'd he, he say? He's got five stages. I'm going to read them off here real quick, and then we can dissect it later. Uh, preparation stage, incubation stage, insight stage, evaluation stage, and elaboration stage. Now, mm-hmm. this this can get pretty deep because one of the things, I watched one of his videos about it. In the preparation stage, he goes into detail about saying this is about getting inspiration, researching, et cetera. And I think at some level, professional artists don't have time to wait for inspiration. Um, and let me let me preface this too, because he did say that this isn't linear. You don't start from one and go to the other all the time. Sometimes they, they kind of work in concert together. Right. You know, maybe you have some insight on something and you decide to research that and see if it'd be a good idea, then you produce it. That's that's an example of that. But in my case, like we were talking about how the struggle and everything, this this particular episode was rough for me. Because I was like, how do we how do we top 21? How do we I mean, we're, we're back in the studio. Um, we don't have epic bartenders. We had really good bartenders oh, that yes, day. They, yes, we did. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> we sure Stop. did. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, good times. We had good people around us. We had a great audience. And and I really, I hope they're listening now because I really did enjoy that that episode. But uh, how do we top it? You know, and, and I really wanted to get back to what the show is about. And it's, it's really for creatives. A couple of dumb blokes sitting in my studio talking about art. You know, I I don't want to say a couple, you're not dumb. I'm dumb. I'm I'm dumbish. You know, dumb and dumber. We're like dumb and dumber. No, I still like the Bert and Ernie reference. I don't, I don't know where that came from, but it's good. I'm Bert. No, you're Ernie. (laughs) Or like the about, Swedish chef and beaker. I'm more of a Muppet guy. How about yeah, the two old guys up in the thing? Oh yeah. We could we, we are like that sometimes when we got our arms crossed and <laughs> we are upset at somebody else's success and wonder why it didn't happen and then yeah. we realize, oh Oh yeah. Yeah. Try not to be like that. But I like the Swedish chef yeah. too. But yeah, I, I do like the old guys. And the box. Yeah. Old guys in the box. Yeah. We need to be out of the box, um, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, We're going to get something deeper in the box. here. Didn't, didn't, uh, didn't a band play that song once? Man in the box. They did. They did do that. Um, so I, I reached so out there's to... the five stages. There's grief, bargaining, <laughs> acceptance. That's what. That's my stages of art. It's like, okay, come on. Come on. Let's try to make this better. Oh, I can't. Yeah, acceptance. I finally. It, it is bad, isn't it? I, I think... I'll practice more tomorrow, and I promise, just just let me be able to do this. Yeah, we don't need 10,000 hours. Stage. I don't want to wait. I want to be an artist now. I got this camera for Christmas. I'm a I, professional. I know. Come on. Um, I, I kind of agree. I mean, there's, like I say, the preparation stage, he talks about getting inspiration and researching, et cetera. I think at some level, a professional doesn't necessarily have to always do that. I don't think you have time for it. Because you have to crank out content on a regular basis. Like I say, preparing yeah, for so this. So you can eat. Yeah, yeah. It's, different. it's a different difference. <clears throat> preparing for this show, I did a little bit of research. And there was really no inspiration 
for it. Really, there wasn't. I didn't. I didn't sit here and go. Uh, well, I'm going to do that. Well, then the incubation stage. I didn't. I didn't have time to incubate this. I was literally preparing notes, probably while you were driving here. You're you know? incubating it right now on the spot. Yeah. We're sitting on the egg, yeah. and, and it's and, getting warmer. And and you know these. Warmer. <laughs> the beer's getting warmer. It is good. It is good. I don't know if I'd call. Fro- I wonder why they call it frosty. I don't know. I'm gonna buy a a a, a whatever pack those come in six I six. Guess. Yeah. Even yeah. I don't drink beer. I'll just have it at the house. It's good. I'm surprised. She did good. I mean, I I do have two beers left, plus the six pack the boy snagged. So you got so you got six and seven. That's eight. See how I did math? You got actually you got eight beers. <laughs> right. And we do have some liquor in the house, but I didn't. I'm just going to let it out of the bag. It's November. I wanted I wanted to have some wild turkey. That was the goal. Have we had turkey? We've never Didn't had we? turkey. We had Jim sure? Yeah. Let's drink it. Anyway, how's this? Yeah. How's this? Uh, Everybody's like, can you stick on the subject? Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it is what it is. They can't all be winners. Right. So I, I reached out 22 to the, episodes here. I mean, <laughs> this is a good one. I think it's a good one. Is this it? Is, yeah, it's important. I'm still at the bargaining stage. Yeah. Let's make it one. You're, we you're, can do it. You're in the evaluation stage. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have an elaboration here in a moment. All right. Because we're, we're doing the work. Um, you know. So yeah, James Taylor, <laughs> James Taylor came up with this and I, I put something out for social media. I put it on Twitter and discord and Facebook and all that jazz. And, and Jordan says, inevitably my entire house will get cleaned beforehand. That that was his, hmm. when I asked the question, you know, uh, what processes do you have making stuff, creating, expressing yourself? And, and Jordan is a, is a really talented person he he's just so quick with lines um him and his friend felix or my friend or mutual friend i should say uh felix schlater do a show called i don't want to grow up it's a podcast it's really good if you if you haven't heard it go go look for that i, I don't, don't i don't, I don't want to podcast <laughs> you don't even listen <laughs> to ours <laughs> i don't listen to ours except I for when sometimes. i edit it. i'm getting uh, more into them anyway what what i don't understand he yeah he, he claims he to get into to get ready, he cleans his, his whole house? Well, that's the thing. What's As I saying? was reading that, I was thinking, I wonder if he's got some sort of uh, resistance or procrastination problem when it comes to his creative process. Uh, because a lot of us have this. You know, in this studio space here, I often find myself thinking, oh, I don't have time to paint. I've got this over here, that over there. I've got to move this, got to move that. And even for the podcast, I set up a bunch of crap. I set this up last night before going to bed, knowing that I didn't want to do it before you showed up. And right. this will all get put away when we're done. And it's it's good in some aspects, but also not so good. I would love to just have something set up all the time, but I would need, for what I do, if I left stuff set up all the time, I'd probably want around 2,000 square feet. It'd be different, though, if we were doing it twice a week or something, though. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To get it in and Yeah. Out. Yeah, because this takes about 45 minutes to an hour to get everything. It, it, you don't have to do that, but to uh, to do it the way I like to do it, it just – it is. That's the way we set it up. But um, So, yeah, cleaning might be a procrastination problem. Do you, would you agree on that? I mean, if you – you're because you're kind of putting off the inevitable inevitable <laughs> maybe i'd have to ask him what what you know i'm curious of what his what what he thinks it is but i mean maybe if he's 
if he's trying to create and he's trying to, you know, open his mind up and if he's thinking about the stuff he's still got to do that's on his to-do list, mm -hmm. that's getting in his way. Yeah, it um, could be. That's yeah. one thing. Yeah. Another is it reminds, reminds me of something that I mentioned before is I, as Terry Crews, I seen an interview with him and he talked about how, you know, he gets on the treadmill and that's when he comes up with ideas and he's walking mm -hmm. his, he's occupied, his right brain is occupied and somehow that, that frees up his, his left brain to, mm -hmm. to allow something to fall out. That's, I'm sure, you know, cleaning mm -hmm. falls into that just like driving does for me. I come up with my best ideas when I'm driving, I'm occupied yeah. and bam, you know, I'll come up with a lyric or, yeah. or I'll think of a riff or, you know, it's been like that my whole 25 years of, mm -hmm. of creating music, you know, 30 years, whatever, however, I'm getting old. But it, It's interesting you brought that up because uh, stage three is the insight stage. And as James Taylor, I'm, I'm still, I'm referring to James Taylor's stages. I'm, I'm by no means advocating there's five stages every time because I think all of us are a little different. Right. So I wanted to bring us back to this because uh, my goal here is to make people think, well, that's not how I do it. And that's fine. That's the whole point of what I'm trying to get at today is that right. you have your own process. Um, you you mentioned Terry Crews talking about how he's driving, you know, things come to him. That's the insight stage for Terry or uh, sorry, uh, James, James Taylor. Taylor. Uh, he says you it's it's kind of the aha moment. It's like when things really start to click, but it usually happens on low level activity. That's why I like people who take walks sometimes get creative thoughts. Uh, taking a shower, you know, driving the car, you know, just whatever. If we're not bombarded by other things, a lot of times that insight happens. It's like, oh yeah. And I think the way James Taylor is, is expressing these five stages, he's referring to this as we want to do, we want to make something. So we have to get inspired by what we're doing. We have to uh, prepare for it. And then we, uh, let it all sink in, let all the prep work kind of go together to make the in incubation stage. This is the one that's really hard for me because incubation doesn't, I don't, I don't get as a professional artist, it doesn't feel like preparation and incubation are even part of my process uh, with the exception of maybe doing some prep prep drawings, you know, preparatory drawings of a painting I might do that, that could be the incubation stage. Um, I, I, I think a lot of us, once we are committed to being an artist, we're in the insight stage all the time. And our moments, our aha moments come to us over and over again. And I have a friend like that uh, who is, you can see it in him, that he is always in the insight stage. Always. I don't think he ever has prepara uh, preparation stage habits or incubation stage habits. I could be wrong. I'd like to talk to him more about it. But uh, Ginky. Uh, is the one I'm talking about. He's on our Discord server. Um, he said something I love when I when I put this out there. He said, "Follow threads of curiosity." So he gets curious about stuff and kind of chases it, almost like a hunter. But I also see him always involved in so many things, and it's like the insight, the the aha moment for him is like constant. And, and then he has to evaluate and then he has to elaborate on that particular moment. So I, I, I can see why he chases so many different threads of curiosity because it's like, Oh, that interests me. I want to, I want to do that. 
Right. And I think a lot of artists do that. That's why we have, that's why we're doing a podcast and you're not just playing music or I'm not just painting. That's why I like cameras. And, you know, we, we do things like that. A lot of creatives do multiple creative things because of curiosity. It's all connected. It's all spoke on it the is. same wheel. It is. Really. You said incubation. You know, I, I decided to look it up here and just on the Google definition, incubation period, the period between exposure to an infection and the appearance of the first symptoms. Hmm. So if we go by that, then then something that would inspire you, but it hasn't quite turned itself into an yeah. artistic yeah. thought yet or something that can be used. Right. Like Like in the case of maybe you get to go to a museum if you're a painter. You walk around and that's prep work for how how can I do a good portrait? You seen something maybe that that didn't stick out at you just yet, but then you had that moment later on, mm-hmm. and then all oh, right, that's I saw a sculpture, mm-hmm. and you know the way the light hit it because of of the the choices the sculptor made. You know that might be cool for what I'm doing right now, exactly. something like that. Exactly. It, this is this is tough, and it's not for everybody. I I, I think if we, uh, I want to be real careful here about explaining this. I think if we overanalyze the stages, I think a different part of your brain gets occupied so much that you stop thinking creatively in general. Paralysis by analysis, baby. Exactly, exactly, and. Again, as professionals, I, I think there's a, we live a lot in the insight and evaluation stages. Let me let me go into detail a little bit more. the uh, The insight stage is the aha moment. It usually happens on low level of activity like shower walk. We talked about that, but the evaluation stage is, stage is getting feedback and useful critique from peers that you respect. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to evaluate this idea by taking it to my my best friend who doesn't make art or somebody who doesn't have the, the the critique ability that I need to hear, you know, sometimes it's great to hear somebody tell you it's a bad idea, you know, because it might be, you don't need to have fluff at you all the time. (laughs) You know, I, that's true. I, I hate it when people say, Oh, your art's so good. You know, no, tell me what's wrong with it. I don't care that it's good because I'm trying to get better, you know, working towards a, a goal, trying to make things better. I, th- I think as artists, that's, it's in our nature to always want to get better. And we're probably too, probably too hard on ourselves too, maybe, but the elaboration stage is the way he put it. Uh, James Taylor put it in a video. He said that the elaboration stage can be compared to like 1% inspiration 99% perspiration and the elaboration stage is the 99%. So it's doing the work. So you kind of elaborate on all the other stages that you've worked towards to get to that moment. Now, in the case of a project in a factory, this makes sense. This linear process of preparation, uh, preparation, incubation, insight, evaluation, and elaboration all completely makes sense to me. But again, in my studio with a piece of art, if I'm always doing landscapes, still lifes and some portraits every now and again, preparation is more about getting my references together, right? Not so much researching 
or trying to get inspiration. I really don't like the fact that inspiration is in the preparation part. I, I don't, if you wait for inspiration, you're waiting too long. I, I think sometimes you just need to do the work Just start getting into it. Inspiration is going to follow. It always does. I, I love the fact when I sit down to do a blog post, I have a blank screen that terrifies people. I know that every writer I've ever talked to have said, I eh, just, you know, that whole starting out, I just start banging on the keys. Literally. I just start writing whatever's in my head. Right. And it, it seems to get, it's like a big flywheel, you know, it's hard to move at first, but once it gets rolling, you can delete. That's the beauty of a computer. You can go back and delete what you just wrote. If it doesn't fit what you're trying to say, or if you change your mind, you know, store it somewhere else, start on something else. Right. You know, the, the process of writing will give you inspiration. The process of drawing and painting will give you inspiration. The process of picking up your guitar making music will give you the inspiration. So I, I, I don't think we need to split hairs with preparation. That's just my own personal opinion. Depends. I think because I mean, I've picked up the instrument many times and nothing's came out of it. And I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys that I heard a, a, a very successful recording artist talk about how, you know, I, it, you know, I had, Writer's block, people think that means that you weren't writing. I was writing all kinds of stuff. It just all sucked, you know? So, <laughs> right, right. Um, I think that... So the evaluation was stopped you from elaborating on it. Right. If you want to look at it I got you. So. I, I think that sometimes, though, I think it's hard to manufacture inspiration. I'm not saying you can't do it all the time, but mm -hmm. I know. I mean, I've I've picked up. I was playing last night. I played more, you know, in, in the last couple of weeks than I have in my life. Just mm -hmm. picking up, seeing if a riff had come out. Always got a, a recorder next to me. And, uh, I mean, last night, nothing really, nothing happened. But I was kind of, I just felt like I, I just wanted to touch it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did. I just, I just wanted to touch it. And I wanted to, I wanted to see what sounds would come out. And, and that in itself was just fine. Yeah. But, you know, there's other times where, you know, I'll hear that there's something might be a TV commercial or, um, you know, uh, uh, the click of a of a turn signal yeah. and a certain rhythm and I'll hear something and, <laughs> yeah. and I'll just have to, uh, hey, I got something I can play to that. Mm -hmm. But more often than not for me, if if I say, OK, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to write this part. It's it. It doesn't happen for me. Yeah. I mean, in my process and how I operate, I have to sit down and I'll be like, well, I'm going to see what comes out. Yeah. I'm very reactionary. I don't know. You know, I'm sure others are like that, but I'm always reacting. I'm reacting to a, a drum beat or I'm reacting to what I just did. Um, but to get the train rolling, there's nothing there. You, yeah. You, does that make sense? It does. It does. It's almost... I feel like there's a little bit of procrastination there too. I, I'm big on that. I'm huge on resistance. I think resistance keeps us from being great. And I think to some degree, and this might sound brutal, to some degree, I think it's okay to put out crap for yourself so that you can wade through the crap and find the gemstones in it, you know? It's, it's like at, at some point, 
some would say it probably it can lead to burnout. I understand that because you're just putting out crap and eventually your standards get lowered and stuff like that. And that's not where I'm going with this. But I, I think like athletes, we just need to work. Sometimes you just need to train. A lot of people ask me, you know, like the, the Homer picture that's been on the, the drawing there. that has been on the easel forever. Um, some people look at that and go, well, nobody's going to buy that. And why are you wasting hours at the easel doing that when you could be painting something that you know sells? And the thing for me is sometimes there's a little bit of athletic or academic or mental training that has to go along with what I'm doing. Meaning that um, sometimes I just need to make art that isn't for sale. It's for my sketchbook or it's for uh, study. It's for preparation, possibly for something bigger, right? And and that's that's important. And I, I think I think that works for everybody. I think artists of all types can get something out of this. If you're if you're a writer, um, journaling could be sketching for you. You know, if you're a musician, just making up your own. This is a tough one for me because I'm I'm a drummer, so I don't I don't think in terms of scales and I mean, I've I've tinkered with a bass guitar from time to time, but I'm not a bass guitarist. Um, I I think just the practice of doing something, you know, maybe just running through your scales on a regular basis is good practice that could lead to inspiration. I I really believe that. No, I feel yeah. I I don't disagree. Uh, like I said, a lot of times I'll pick it up just to you know, keep my hands going and yeah. make sure my muscle memory's there. And then I'll hit a wrong note. And I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah. I guess what I'm getting at is it's not always about the game. You know, if we only practiced at the game, we'd always lose. Right. I mean, if you're an athlete, that's, that's kind of, well, unless you're like, you know, LeBron or somebody that don't, you know, that's that much better than everybody else. Yeah. I mean, LeBron, Michael Jordan. That's better. Charles Barkley. <laughs> I like Charles. I mean, what about what about those football players of the seventies? They just get, you know, they'd get drunk and smoke all all through the week and they'd show up right. and throw a touchdown. So no, but Terry I Terry Bradshaw. You. Yeah. That was the only thing that ever came out of Pittsburgh I like. Oh, Terry. He's something yeah. else. Oh well. I'm not really into sports. I'm not either, but but I will say I just wanted to bring this up. No, I, I will say I didn't get in this. Manchester United. I, yeah, <laughs> That's I, football. I I can't do uh, football, soccer, but um, you know I got in the NFL at a at a, at a late age, and because I didn't understand my my parents weren't in the yeah. they weren't in the sports, and and uh, I didn't really like football players in high school because they were yeah. assholes most of the time, but. Yeah. Um, it was the roid rage. They couldn't help it. What are you going to do? Yeah. But <laughs> the funny thing is, is it's like, you know, you get older. When I started playing like Madden and some different things and started learning the rules and started seeing it more like a chess match. I love playing Madden online with another human. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much sports. It was, it was, it was chess and it was how yeah, I was going to yeah. do this. And you see how these plays are and you see the emotion and you learn to see the artistry in it and, and, the, the way a, a wide receiver approaches mm-hmm. his, the game and his opponents and and the the moves and the athleticism 
And it, it made me look at it a different way. I could see as a, as a musician, as an artist, as a creative person, I saw the, the creativity and the, um, the skill and the insight that went in the, in the football. And it, I really, you know, fell in love with the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, uh, it's easy to overlook that. Sometimes you, you think of the preparation, the kind of things these guys go through, baseball players and, you know, who are notoriously ritualistic and superstitious. It's not that much different from what we're doing. Right. Right. Really. Absolutely. When, yeah, when they do the rituals before a game, it's, it's the preparation stage, you know, and, um, and a lot of it's performance art in a way it is, you know, and they're using themselves up. I'd like to see a study done on the, on what parts of the brain light up. Cause I'd say that a lot of the same parts of the brain light up Mm -hmm. as ours. Absolutely. They got to get creative about how to beat the other team. So there's still creativity. Improvisation. What are you going to do when this happens? And it's a, it's a beautiful thing, man. There's, you can look out the window and you can see art everywhere and everything of what's going on and that's your inspiration absolutely yeah art creativity art art is i really want to say something profound here but i don't think i have it it's uh it's in there i just don't know how to express it well use your words express it express espresso i need coffee they uh, say Ronnie James Dio used to watch football games and have them on mute, and he would write lyrics while he was watching, and it would inspire him. Really? So, somebody told me that. I've never heard that. I've never looked it up to see if that's factual, but I was told that. That's interesting. I mean, he did write Holy Diver. He did. So. It was a good song. Good, good, good song. <clears throat> I, I, You know, I just, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue the way I want to say it, and I just can't, can it? get it out you know but it's you're mentally constipated right now i am i am i just i want to you know get it all out and say what i want to say but i i think the creative process in general is different for all of us because there's there's something there you know um you you nailed it when you said you know athletes you know, have their rituals or something, you know, and I, I definitely have my rituals every day. I, I typically get up and go straight to coffee and, um, breakfast and, and all those sorts of things. And then I, I do the, the bathroom break and get a shower and, you know, start my day. If, if I walk out of my bedroom this is another reason why having a studio outside the home may not work for me. It may, I don't know. I've never had one outside the home, but when I get done getting ready, all that isolation that I had in the shower and the fact that I'm mentally awake from the coffee and the breakfast and just ready to start my day. If I don't come straight to the studio, the rest of my day is ruined. Almost immediately something will get in the way i I was just having a discussion with the wife before we started this podcast in fact that hey my the part of my brain that needs to be involved with this podcast is getting ruined because you're telling me i need to carry these bags inside (laughs) (laughs) i just just give me the beer so we can go you know and and it was just because i was outside i was i was doing chores not created doing anything creative i feel you know and it kind of got me out of that zone. And I, I think once we get into that zone, it's important. So you 
you you may have rituals that you don't realize are rituals until you analyze it, you know. But uh, the, there's a lot to this. You know, here we are back in the studio. It's uh, it's not as wild as it was episode 21. Uh, I think it's still a good episode. I hope people listening are getting something out of this and they're thinking about their own creative process. But it's important as as artists, in my mind, that we identify what works for us and get better at it. Definitely. You know, and just continue to to build on that process to where we're making art almost effortlessly. I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard to find inspiration sometimes. It you is. Know, your muse may not be helping you out. Uh, you may be going through a rough time. Um, external factors have a lot to do with artists and their creativity, uh, good and bad, I guess. No, I don't really adhere to. Well, good we're and bad. mirrors. You know, we're mirrors. I think, and we reflect what what is around us, and and. I think you have to be mindful of that you have to know what what it, what is around you that is is helping fuel your art and your creativity and what what's around you that's not. And yeah. I mean sometimes you can't do anything about it but sometimes life is just it just beats you down, you <laughs> yeah, know, and yeah. it's just yeah. it's hard to feel creative if you got certain things going on yeah. in, in your home life or in around you or there's Construction going on right outside time your change, door. Time change. Time change. <laughs> really upset about. It. Why don't you write a letter to the congressman? I mean, I thought this was the last one. We heard a, I, who's a couple we? of us who's were talking we? at work. A couple of you were talking. Yeah, and and Joe, my friend Joe at work, he he says, "Well, this is the last one. We're not having it anymore." And I'm like, I, "I've never heard that." Indiana don't change. Arizona doesn't. Well, there you go. So let's move there. I don't know why we had to do it. That makes sense. We don't have to. I'm still on regular time. I'm in the future. <laughs> Back to the future. Ah, I I don't know. I I just I wish I wish more people would have. Uh, I, well, let me say it this way. I wish I would have put this out there earlier and been able to think. Yeah, you got to give them a little bit of time. Yeah, I mean, you know, hitting people up an hour before. But the it'd show. be it'd be interesting to, uh, you know, when we start up here in a couple of weeks. We'll we'll uh, touch on it and see what uh, kind of feedback we got on some. Yeah. See if anybody's yeah. got any ideas because yeah, you know, we we talked about in a I think like the eleventh, tenth, ninth episode, something like that about about uh, things that get in your way. Yeah, and I think that goes along with it. I mean, if I don't have the computer up and I'm not ready to record, or I don't have a phone handy, if I got to start looking for things to to document what I'm doing or to, to start writing a song and I'm dead in the water. Cause yeah. then I'm out of it. If technology screws me more than anything, if, if I'm having trouble with technology, I'm just out of the zone. Yeah. So that's why I like to just, I got hundreds of little clips on my phone and if it's, if it's good, I'll go back to it. And if it's not, I'll leave it there in case it works for something else, you know? So is that a major part, major tool of your process, your phone? Oh yeah. I mean, right now, yeah, I have my my little home recording studio set up in my basement, but I'm having a little bit of trouble with it. So one of the reasons why you know some of my acoustic stuff's taking a back burner because mm -hmm. the technology, I just need to dig out my old laptop, and put it up because it worked fine. 
Yeah. And I upgraded and now it's it's technology's fighting me and it's sat my creativity. Yeah. But when I'm yeah. if I'm just kind of riff writing or or you know spitting out some lyrics or trying to finish up a song, it's my phone. I used to have a little a little handheld recorder I used. Um I've mentioned before uh pulling off the side of the road and going to a payphone and singing into my answer machine. <laughs> right. I mean Back I, in the day, yeah. a, a song that, that was on the on the uh one of the millennia records was written like that. I I had a great phrasing and I knew I was going to, and I had a line and yeah. I knew I wouldn't remember it. I didn't have nothing to write with oh, in the car. Yeah, yeah. And I stopped on main street at a payphone, yeah. called my answer machine, sang into it, went home, <laughs> wrote it down. But now you know, there's probably people listening that don't know what you're saying. <laughs> yep. Before cell phones, there was phones on the side of the road. They were called payphones, and, and you, you put money in them. Yeah. You put a, you know, a quarter, sometimes 50 cents or five, depending yeah. how old you are. And then they, you had this thing called a landline at home. It was a phone, hear me out, that was stuck to the wall. Yeah, plugged in. With a answer machine that had these little tiny cassette recorders. Tiny cassette. cassette. Yeah, it, was, it had little tiny cassettes. It was a cassette recorder. Yeah, it's like, like a spy cassette. Yeah, what they don't, they don't know what cassettes are, though, so I don't know. Those things you stick pencils in and make the tape. Yeah, they don't out. remember that, probably. Yeah. But see, I had a little memo recorder that would play those tapes as well. <laughs> right. So it worked out great. <laughs> I could I could do that or I could I would just I'd sing into that and then or hum a riff or play the acoustic or whatever. I like this beer enough to get another one. You want one? No. I, okay. If it was ice cold and I wasn't driving, I'd probably consider it. But you don't have to leave right away. I got to. Okay. I got somebody waiting on me. My little oh, grandson. Yeah. Grandson. Oh, yeah. He's a trip. Ain't that cool? We're a couple of grandpas sitting here having a drink and listen, listen. Shh. That's for all of you at home. He inspires me. He, uh, I got him a, I didn't get him a toy base. I got him a real, uh, um, short scale little fender base. And oh, he gets really? it out and he goes, it's heavy. <laughs> and, but he'll get it out and he'll play it. And he's got a couple little, little toy acoustic guitars and, and he'll want me to get one of mine out. And, you know, I really wasn't in the mood to do that. But you don't, what are you going to say? Right. You get it out. You mess around a little bit. Sometimes something neat falls out. Or yeah. I'll pick his up and the tuning's all out of whack. Yeah. And it don't matter to him. He's just. But it's cool. Sometimes yeah, in a yeah. weird tuning, it's like, oh, those two notes don't go together. Now I got to transpose that. Yeah. That is cool. You're right. That's why I love about children. They are not hung up on preparation and incubation. That's a good way to tie that in. You know what I mean? But, I mean, seriously, they don't. They don't care. They just make art. And it's all presentation, too, for them. It it's is. Like, it is. Uh, Chase Jarvis, that book, uh, Creative Calling, that we talked about in our previous episode, he talks about uh, one of the stories. If, if he would go to a classroom and talk to kids about coming up in front of the class and drawing a picture on the chalkboard, it, it's your participation is conducive to how old the kid is, you know, in kindergarten, everybody raises their hands. And by the time you get to high school, you might have one or two that are willing to draw in front of the class. And by the time we become adults, nobody wants to get in front of anybody to do anything creative. Yeah. You know, uh, I heard it at work the other day, you know, we put out these cheesy videos for safety and things. I wish they were better. I, I don't know. I, it's just me. I wish they were better. Um, even the old, uh, you know, the one with the gong. Oh yeah. We have a, there's a video where they, they do eyes. They talk about uh, eye safety and it's like, they show you some really graphic images of 
you know, electric burns and uh, acid in the eyes and and just all kinds of na- a nail. There's a freaking nail. Guy got nailed in his eye. And every time they show the picture, it's, you know, <laughs> and you get this, this uh, narrator talking 1979 era, you know, but, uh, you know, you, where I was going with this was you, you, you have this, uh, they'll walk around with the camera sometimes and you've been in a video at work or two. Yeah. And people are like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to act stupid in front of a camera. Well, that's the creative suppression to me that's that's somebody saying i'm not going to be creative there's no way you know i don't want to be seen it's embarrassment you know and i think we get that way the older we get our filter gets so clogged that we don't want to make art we just and that goes along with what you were saying before about how you kind of you just don't want to do it and i think it's your filter a lot of times telling you nah it's not good enough i can feel that um we just need to make stuff I don't know. That's how I feel about it. Cause sometimes I am so happy in this studio. I really am. This is, I, I looked at this the other day and I was thinking I spent 20 some years at our old house and I never really had a space. And then when my daughter moved out and got married, Matthew moved into her room and I had his little room. It was smaller than this one, but the ceilings were angled and not a lot of room and, and all that. So this does feel like a bigger space to me, even though it's really tiny. I never really utilized it very well because it was up in upstairs front of the house and the family room was, you know, down the stairs and in the back. So I was missing out on family every time I was in the studio and it was like, I don't want to be away here. It's I'm right by the living room. You know, if I want to walk out and, Shoot, I can see my if the door's open, I can see my wife watching television or do you shut whatever. the door much when you're in here and we're not doing the podcast and you're creating stuff? I mean, how do you do that? Uh, mainly to keep the animals out because when I type, when I write, <laughs> type, it's not like it's not like I'm 47 years old. I got this old timey <laughs> typey thing. Hmm. When I when I write the blog or something, I'll come in here and shut the door because the cat really loves to come in here and she just lays on the keyboard <laughs> whenever I'm trying to write. So to keep her out, uh, I do that. Sometimes a dog comes in here um, and he'll, for those of you who don't own a Great Dane, ah. uh, when he comes in here, he takes up the entire space that's left that you can actually maneuver in. So you can't really move around with him in here. And if he goes and gets a drink of water, his lips hang down to his ankles. So if he shakes after, you know, a dog shakes, you know, like, or trying to get the water off their back or whatever. He'll do that. His head will go from side to side. It's like Turner and Hooch in here. It's like slobber goes everywhere. So you can imagine works on paper are the ruined <laughs> because now I've got dogs. Unless why don't you get some uh, non-toxic paint put in his <laughs> mouth and let him do like a Jackson Pollock thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got it. it same thing. Might as well. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Same amount of talent. Well, they did it and somebody came in here and said, like, I got to have that. Yeah. Here's $40,000. <laughs> I would sell it. I'd be his. I'd be his dealer. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just uh, so yeah. I, I do keep the doors shut a lot of times because, uh, and 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 Taylor talked about this in his video. A lot of times, the preparation stage, we need complete silence. We need to be completely away from everybody else. We need to have our creative space that says, 
I'm here to work, you know? And if, if, if you go back and look at this, when he says that the elaboration says is 99% and everything else is 1%, I still have a little bit of trouble with all the stages. It's almost like we're making stages to procrastinate. I've got to say it this way, because again, a child, they go straight to insight. They look at it and go, what am I going to make? Ooh, here's an idea. And they make it. And they don't care what other people think. They're making it because it's expression. Well, they don't know it sucks until somebody tells them it sucks. That doesn't mean it sucks, but I think that's I think that's what it is as you get older and you make something in your friend or or one of your frenemies or your classmates <laughs> or something. It's right. like, well, why'd you make that you know, why why is that giraffe purple? That's <laughs> dumb. Mm-hmm. Well, you never thought that was dumb before. You just thought it was cool to have a purple giraffe. Yeah. But I think that's. But why does it matter? Because somebody might want a purple giraffe. Because you care what people think. So I think we're onto something here. So if you stop caring what other people think as an artist and you make art for yourself. Totally. Isn't that the truest sense of being an artist? It's what you should do at all times. But like, like you say, there's the caveat when if you're making, if you're doing commission pieces or you're, uh, you're, you know, you're making things for a particular yeah. reason to sell. It's kind of a little bit harder than you're you're thinking about. You're thinking about that, but then that makes me think of Jesse James, the uh, the bike builder. Yeah, yeah. You know, he uh, and you know an artist for sure. You know, yeah. a sculptor, especially back in the early days. Um, he, he made what he wanted to make, and you know these people were spending hundreds of thousand dollars on his bike, and he made what he wanted for him. Right. I mean, right. And that's the ultimate. I mean, he to told be. Shaquille O'Neal on his bike. Shaquille wanted wanted uh, these ape hangers, and he wanted these. Uh, <laughs> he he wanted four controls that were a certain way, and he's like, "That's great and all, but uh, no, I'm not doing that." And <laughs> but that's you, the that's the you that's have, the right of an artist, though. I mean, really, right? Right, I mean, but at the same I mean, time, if, I get it. If if you're buying, if 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 you're, I mean, I get it. I get it from his aspect. And plus you want to trust, you want to trust the person that knows what they're doing. Right. And he clearly knows what he's doing, but I'm saying you're not going to be, you have to be at a certain level to get away with that. Or you have to be able to absorb, uh, not selling this for a minute or this not going anywhere. I mean, I don't, I don't care what people think about my art in a lot of ways because whether I eat or not doesn't solely depend on it. It's different, different for other people. But I think when you get to the when you get to the very bottom of it, yeah, until you you're never going to be as pure until you are not so worried about what somebody else is going to think. Yeah, and that's why you know you mentioned about um, earlier about getting another artist or or somebody that that knows what's up to critique this and to critique that, and I think that's great, but I don't make my music for other musicians. I make my yeah. music for people that are non-musicians for the most part, and when musicians love it, that's awesome, but I'm not I'm not sitting there thinking, you know, I'm not in King Crimson or, right. or Yes or something like I'm not I'm not making things for other artists. I'm making them for the people, and, and other artists is not what's buying your paintings. It's it's people that don't know anything about art. Right. All they know is, oh, that's pretty good. I like that. And what you're trying to do is figure out 
what brush strokes is going to create a an emotional connection to somebody. Yeah. And that's it. I could give a fuck what another artist uh, thinks, well, you should have used different shading there. Well, that's that's interesting from an academic standpoint or right, something that right, maybe yeah. you can think for your other painting. But what matters is, is does uh, the guy off the street walk in and look at that and think, oh, I, I got I to have that. I want to be able to look at that every day. But that's not to say you wouldn't take advice from Billy Sheehan. No, and I have, uh, you know, I went to several of his clinics. Right. And, uh, but, but I'm not, I'm never going to play like Billy Sheehan. So I can take, I can take the, the nuggets of wisdom that he gives and, um, the insights he has and apply that to my own playing. But if he listened, if he listened to my last album that I'm on and said, well, you know, all this bass is terrible and, and I would do, I would do this a different way. And, and, there might be some, oh man, I could have went lower here. Right. You know, when I did this run, if I would have, you know, slid into the note and, and did an arpeggio right there, that would have been cool. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. Mm-hmm. But if he says, you know, I didn't like this song, you should have wrote, wrote this. I'd be like, yeah, it's just bad critique right there like that. I mean, if, if it's just bad, you know what I mean? I feel you. I, I think, and that's the difference between good critique and bad critique. Bad critique is just, I don't like it. You know, <laughs> who cares? Right. Well, but, did you think about doing this or did you think about doing that? And sometimes it's like, well, no, I didn't. Or maybe I would have. Or, yeah, I did. And that's just not me. And mm-hmm. and the thing about Billy is, is uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned him in particular. Funny he, ha-ha or funny? Oh. <laughs> a little bit. A, a little bit both. Sorry, I'm getting loose. The last clinic <laughs> I saw him, he mentioned about how, yeah, he does things a certain way and he's flashy and he's a... Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a player, but but he also talked about how he liked simple bass players and how he liked mm-hmm. if, if he said it. If you, it don't matter if you're just playing a couple notes and that's all you can do. If that, that's what you're feeling and that's what sounds good and that's what makes you happy, then that's what you should be doing. I, and Billy I, Sheehan's not going to buy my record. <laughs> well, you Billy's don't, neighbor, you don't know that. his neighbor might though. You know his yeah. his his gardener might. His, yeah. you know, and that's who I'm, that's who I'm making art for. I'm yeah. making art for the people. Well, that's the thing. You, you brought up so much of what you just said. I mean, there were so many things that we could go off on a tangent. Right. On. Well, that's what I do. I'm, I'm kind of a genius. <laughs> you are. <No>. <laughs> I'm an idiot savant without the savant. Right. I, uh, I got to thinking about it. It's like, you know, you were talking about commissions. Uh, when Shaq bought the motorcycle from Jesse James, there was already a a portfolio there. There was already a, this is what he makes. And I think as artists, you know, like. Well, you're like that with photos. When people yeah, want right. you to, do, you do photos a certain way. And people see your photos and you have a distinct style that. Mm-hmm. You, Which takes time to develop. I, anybody listening here, I need to say this before you and, and hold your thought. Don't wave your arms at me. I don't like that. I, I'm just saying. I'm, right. I'm doing like you know the, the Lewis Black thing. I, I understand that, but um, it's important to note that a style develops over time. You know, you can whatever instructor gave you some knowledge and you've taken. This is why I don't like universities so much when it comes to art school. I think you're there to regurgitate what is being taught. Whereas an atelier, 
they do it too, but it's more academic. It's more, these are the skills you're going to need to develop your ability to paint. Right. And then you can break rules when you're done and you can develop your style, what you like to do. Right. At some degree, your clientele has looked at your portfolio and said, I want him to do this for me or her or whatever, you know, right. her to do this. And I, cause I've had clients like this. I, I did the painting or I did the photography and it was all done. And they went, that's not really what I was after. And you want to say, well, did you not, you've yeah, seen you, what I do. Exactly. This, why'd you fucking hire me? If you know, <laughs> like right. if, if it looks like this, this is my style. Why did you want me to do this? You know? And, and there's a lot to that. And that's why I'm saying every artist really has to look inward and say, let the child out, do what you do. I don't agree with Nickelback. We all know this, but we got a Jackson Pollock and a Nickelback in, (laughs) we did it. But the point is, and this is where I give them respect. They do what they do because that's what they do. right? Right. Yeah. And I don't have to agree with, I don't like Justin Bieber either. Yeah, and you're not going to hire Nickelback for your for your gig and right. say, "Hey, uh, I want you to play a bunch of death metal songs." <laughs> that's not what they do, right? Right, and, and that's it, what I was getting at with you. It's yeah. like it's like you know, if they see your work, then they're wanting that kind of style. And if they get you in there, like, well, we want something with we want like a washed out look with pastels, right? And uh, right, you know, it's like, well, that's not what I do. And that in turn goes with the creative process that you have to know your process. You have to know your style and go, this is how I do it. And you have to start identifying what, what resistance are you looking at? What, what keeps you from doing what you do? What are you procrastinating for? You know, is it because you're trying to be something you're not? Are you trying to appeal to a certain aesthetic that people want to see that you're not doing? You know, if you're an abstract painter, you're trying to be a realist. Don't stay an abstract painter. I don't really care for abstract. That's not the point. You know, right. there's a lot of people who don't like abstract, but there are a lot of people who do in, in terms of fine art, because this is something I understand. I get hammered on about price a lot locally, you know, $500 is a good sale, Right. And it's easy to sell, but it's not where I need to be to make a living. So when I have a painting such as the, the makers 46, we're looking at here, when I'm done with that, that's going to be around four to $5,000. That's probably not going to sell here. I'll give you a three fifty cash. Money. <laughs> <laughs> I have more money in paint than that. But anyway, um, I, I know where I need to be on a price level. And I'm not doing it for everybody. I only need to find 20 people willing to spend that price. Right. You know, and that's where we need to be. Uh, music wise, there's, there's some differences there. I get that. You got, you got merchandise, you got albums, you got touring, you got tickets, you know, all those things go together and it works the same way with artists. You know, artists don't have to make all their money on a painting. You can make money elsewhere. You, you can, can paint faces in the park. I mean, it's like being oh, yeah, a cover yeah, band yeah, or yeah. doing the caricatures. And I think those are awesome too. There's a lot. Of, if you're happy doing that, there's a lot right. of levels to art. But at some level, 
I think you need to follow your process and say, this is how I work through it. This is how I do it. And once you hone your process and you set a standard for your process, that's when you become a professional. That's when you start to actually make progress because you're not wasting valuable time on things that don't matter. I really hope this is translating well because I I know in my mind it's not, but there there has to be some level of, I'm not going to do this painting because it's going to separate me from what I know I need to be doing because this is my process. Right. I get, I get hammered on all the time about doing this silly painting or that silly painting. And it's not my style. It's not what I do. Right. It's okay to say no. Exactly. Um, Unless they want you to, you know, do a, a pencil sketch of the Empire State Building and they're going to pay you money and you got to have that money. Yeah. I mean, you know, I get it. I don't think that, and that's, a, I don't like the term sell out. It's like, I don't believe in selling out. Mm-hmm. I believe we're all, if we were all true artists and we did it just for the art, then we would never show anybody anything. We would never sell anything. It's like, it's, you got to do what's right for you. And as a creative, you got to learn when to say no. And you have to, you have to be receptive to constructive criticism to a point, but you also have to have to know when to say, know what, what to reject. And part of that, knowing that is part of the art is knowing what to, what to absorb and, what to deflect and what to ignore Mm -hmm. because just because somebody is a a great artist that you respect and they think you should have done it this way. But if you really believe in something and you like how you did it and this is what you're feeling, that's, that's what matters. And if you like, I'm a firm believer that if you like something and you do something that makes somebody feel some, some way, um, then somebody else out there like it. That's yeah. how I've always been with yeah. music. I've I've wrote and participated in music that makes me feel a certain way, mm-hmm. kind of music I want to hear. And if if there's a song that come together and, and it made it, when you're in a band, you don't have that, you don't always have ultimate veto power. And sometimes right. you got to play a song that made somebody else feel a certain way. Um, and, you know, that's a whole other can of worms. But you play that and maybe it don't hit you just right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing, but as a solo artist or as a, as a, uh, you know, a, a, a painter or a photographer, if you're doing something and you don't like the way it is, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Do the way, do it. Absolutely. How you want to do it, because there's going to be somebody else out there that like it. If you sit back and you like that, that makes you groove. Somebody else is going to groove to that too. Absolutely. I really hope this was a good episode for people. Uh, it it kind of falls back into the the real core of what this show is. Uh, obviously, the more guests we have on the show, it's I think it's always easier with a guest. So much easier with a guest. Um, we can talk about their work and how they right. It chews up a lot of time. It it does. This this was one that makes you think. I I hope. It gets you thinking about your creative process and um, kind of where things go as an artist and how you do it. And and I'm going to harp on this a little bit that, you know, when you when you find a process that works for you, stick to it. You know, tweak it. Write it down. You know, make it a standard and produce what you're doing because 
you know, you may not always need the preparation stage or maybe, maybe insight comes to you first and you go, well, let me think about that. And you prepare for that insight that you had and you incubate that idea and you produce it. Uh, It's no different than something I've been thinking about doing for a long time where I take some of the uh, live music photography that I've done and I make it into charcoal drawings and maybe even large scale charcoal drawings on canvas even, which is odd for the most part because most people think of charcoal drawings on paper. But you, you produce this idea that manifests itself into something that still fits your style, still fits your artistic voice. And you put it out there. And if people respond, you hit the nail on the head. That's where you go with it. I get asked all the time, how do you know what to do? How do you know what to paint? How do you know what to do a YouTube video on? And, you know, I don't have all the answers. I have what works for me. And I think that's every artist's challenge is to find what works for them and and invite that child that they used to be back into their brain and say, help me just make art. I'll, I'll fiddle fart with the, the details later. I'll let my filter get in the way later. You need to develop it so that you can evaluate it and then elaborate on what you did. And I, I hope I'm putting all these words in there in a way that makes people think about how to do the things. And I really appreciate James Taylor for putting the work out on a video and putting all these things together. Cause it really did uh, inspire me to go over this entire podcast. And, uh, he doesn't know me from Adam. We're not friends. I don't, I don't know the guy. Um, uh, I was just researching and his video seemed to pop out the most, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the frosty tangerine flavored market garden brewery beer <laughs> coming out of me, but, um, this is important. So I hope this was a good episode. Do you think it was a good episode? I think so. All right. That's all we got. I guess, uh. I guess we're going to go. Enjoy I'm your Sunday. I'm spent. I am spent too. I'm going to play a little bass when I get home with my grandson. That would be fun. That's all we got, folks. Go make some art. Go uh, get your your process together. Don't procrastinate. Don't resist it. Just go make art. And if you're doing some art, send us some links to some stuff we can listen to, look at, or yeah. or I, I want to I delve into some of that. Yeah. See what people's doing out there. I if, love it. That's uh, what that's you know, at the core, that's that's part of what we're doing here. Absolutely. So if you uh want to be on the show and you're an artist, send, drop me a line at uh people still drop lines? They do. All right. They do. <laughs> where are they gonna where are they gonna drop it at? Well, I w- I would suggest going to simplecast dot jeez. I always fuck this up. <laughs> It's so hard. Why can't it just be? I don't know. Why can't it just be all walks of art podcast.com? You're close to it. It's all walk, all walks of art dot simplecast dot FM. And you can, you can find it. I know I'm going to, I'm actually going to get the, uh, a friend of mine actually squatted on our, uh, our dot com. So, I mean, I I could get that from him. So I'm going to eventually. How nice. Yeah. I'm going to get that so we can put that in and make it a little bit easier for folks. But you can also get a hold of me directly at the studio at michaelworth.com. 
and just drop me a drop me a line there and let me know what's going on, what you do. I'd love to have other artists on the show. We can Skype this. We can Zoom it if we have to. I'm not really a big fan of Zoom. We can FaceTime. I would I would love to talk to other artists and other creatives around the country. And Paul and I can really dissect what you're doing and what we're doing and all these things. But uh, we have the technology. We can do whatever. Technology is wild. Man. It is wild. It's my wild. dad's a TV repairman. He's got an awesome <laughs> set of tools. <laughs> That's my skull. <laughs> if anyone gets that reference, I'll send them a CD. <laughs> I will. Oh. I will. If you get that reference, I'll send you a CD. I'm not even going to share anything because I don't want to give it away. But, you know, that's where we are. You can find more about us on that website, too, allwalksofart.simplecast.fm. And uh, all of our links are there. You can follow Paul. You can get him on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, I'm a little more offensive. I like to uh, – <laughs> I don't have a lot of work friends on Twitter. It's just – it's a different It's a different thing. What I'm, I'm at Paul V. Ramey. Or Paul V. Ramey Jr., one or the other, I think, on Twitter. Oh, but. for crying out loud. Am I going to have to look this up? You got to go, man. It's getting late. I know. I think everything else is Vexton. You can find me on YouTube, Vexton, V-E-X-T-O-N. Yeah. yeah. If you want to... And Facebook. If you want to uh, join space. our Discord server, um, it's not actually a All Walks of Art Discord server. It's actually my, my personal Discord server. But uh, I can invite you there. It's called Mike's Lounge. It's kind of this whole vibe of lounge music and all that jazz but uh yeah like to have you there like to have more creatives involved and we have a lot of shows planned in the future more like this some with other creatives i'm glad you're here and that's all i've got paul you need to get home to your grandson i need to Mm. go find something to do with my life (laughs) all right man all right have a good one bye everybody